sounds like the whirlwind. All right, good Monday morning, everyone. It is Amy here with Author Talk with Sandy Russell, and our lovely guest is W.L. Hawken or Wendy. So you guys, how was everybody's weekend? It is finally a beautiful day. We are not freezing or getting rain here in, in Texas. Uh, I don't know about you, Russell. <laughs> it's been, it's still it's freezing and rainy. Houston, Texas. Oh. Oh, I know. Wow. I got to tell you, uh, I love Atlanta now. I love the people. But winter's over in Houston. Atlanta has another month. It's cold. Where Where are you, Wendy? I'm in uh, the Vancouver area, and you know what? I always thought that it was, like, really warm down there. <laughs> not always. I don't know what happened. Last year, we had ice again, and we just oh. were not – we are just people – we can deal with 100, 110-degree weather. We like that, okay? But when it comes to, you know, just 30 degrees or ice or snow, we can't drive in that. We don't no. function. We're just – that's not our thing. So it, we are unhappy people down here. We, we get we get depressed and unhappy when we have mm. long days, one after another, of cold weather, freezing. I weather. understand that. That's that's actually why I moved from Ontario out to the west coast because I can't do snow and ice either. Oh, see, okay, so you fit you fit in. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely fit in. So what did I, everybody do this weekend, Amy? So this weekend, I noticed you got a new dog. <laughs> I did. It, I did. Post I your did. beautiful new dog. Because, <laughs> okay. Uh, you viewers, she got a new job. She wanted to know. Job. Well, she always okay. has a new job. But uh, <laughs> she posted on Facebook to all her viewers, what should she name this dog? Oh, and Russell, I'm excited I, to hear I was dying job. to say, why don't you name it like you name everything else? Sunshine or... Happy oh, Sunrise. <laughs> That's the kind of names Amy names stuff. She's like a hippie from the sixties. Okay. Amy, what kind of dog? It, what kind of dog is it? Oh, it's just guys, old dog. No, it is a. <laughs> okay, so if you haven't figured this out about me, I struggle with my R's. It's just Ooh. how God made me, and I've accepted this. Okay, but it is a lab Weimer. Primer, whatever. <laughs> that no could, so it's going to be a mix. great dog. That's a it's great a dog. Yes. With yes. a stupid name for it. It has the face of a Labradoodle because I've seen some of those and they have that long face. So I love yeah. that. Face. Well, yeah. Well, so his face in the photo looks long just because of the angle I took it. But he has the green eyes and like the web feet of like a Weimar Hyman kind of dog. And then he has the, the chocolate color which I didn't know until I started realizing that it's a, a rare color and the fact that he's a long hair. And so, I don't know, I saw pictures and I was like, ooh, this is going to be a pretty dog. But the, I don't know. I went looking. So here's, if you want the scoop on this whole situation, okay, I was kind of in hot water. Josh went out of town and I took my daughter, my oldest daughter, to the Humane Society and two days oh. later I came home with a dog. Like this. Oh, boy. It's the whole thing, you know? Um, so that's, that's, you know, what really kind of happened. That's a great idea. I need to get naked out of town so I can go get another dog. You should go get a dog. You only have 17 dogs. Wendy, she has this little chihuahua that I wrote into store children's stories because it's the funniest little chihuahua you ever saw. Whenever Wendy, it barks, my she, he's my person. I hey, mean, James, I, I, whenever yeah. it barks. 
it goes around in circles. Every time it barks, it goes around. It's the silliest little dog you've ever seen. I would steal it if I could, and I used to make fun of her about it. He's just my dog, and whenever I sit down, he'll matter where he is, he comes and jumps in my lap, and I just like, oh my gosh. He's awesome. Russell, do you have any suggestions? Because I have a whole theme going on. Sunrise. No, That's your type of name. Sunrise. Those okay. are, he's he's just making fun of my kids' names, Wendy, because I have Meadow and Sky are my two daughters. So okay. shouldn't the dog be Sunrise? Yeah. No, because my dog, current my current dog, besides How about my sunflower, puppy, his name is Thor. Oh, Russell, his name is Thor. My black cat is Mowgli. Those are the two that I named. My husband is not very good with names, and has named his cat Alice, which is just you know it doesn't. That's fit a with good my name. It doesn't it's fit not with sunflower. my vibe. Okay. okay. I've got a vibe going. So I'm sure the people in our podcast that I'm real excited. I always want to talk about our podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, people that are listening on our podcast are like, what are they talking about? And the thing is, Amy always, she has a different type of way. She names everything. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. We, uh, we, we have more people that listen to us on our podcast now than yeah. actually even watch our show on Mondays. Uh, they listen all week. Uh, we're like in the top 10. Uh, we're very ecstatic and grateful and humbled by it. Uh, Amy, how do people find us on podcast? Right. So you can go to the search bar up at the top, type in author talk. You're going to see a red and gold logo of a book opening, and it's going to say author talk, hearing author stories. And that is going to be our channel that has everything. If you want to visually watch us, because I am very animated and talk a lot with my hands and don't always control my facial expressions sometimes, then you can come to our Facebook group, our LinkedIn channel, or our YouTube channel to see our animated selves. It's always fun to do that. Um, but Rock Hill, James Hill, I did tell my husband about Hank, and that is his number one name at the moment. So I'm trying to get him off of that. I don't like Hank is a good name for that dog. He looks I don't like, like Hank. people names for animals. It's just kind of oh, who are you talking so to? So see, back to sunrise. No, okay, so I I, I actually jumped into your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> and, yeah, I did, and and I had a name too. I I said Chai. I know. See, I, I like, really like that chai. one. That's okay, that's actually that's not a bad name. Kind of no. goes with the coloring, and I'm a lab person too, so I know there are chocolate brown labs, and and some people were talking about cocoa and all those names, but I thought chai was really, it's a nice smooth uh, name. That, Wendy, that name. may go even better than you think because that may be the kind of name that Amy be, may be able to get Josh to agree to. Don't you think, Amy? Probably. That's a pretty good name. It is, it is a really good dog. So besides the fact that it's teething, that's a puppy, it has yet to bark. It already pees and everything outside it hasn't peed in my house. It just lays there. It's and the crazy, the craziest thing happened, you guys, and of all people, my husband found the dog. Okay, so I guess I didn't lock the cage door last night. I swear I did, but to, I guess I didn't. And my husband woke up and he was on my couch asleep. He didn't pee in my house. He just slept on my heated blanket all night. I don't know what better three-month-old puppy that's only been in my house for three months than this dog is, okay? It's literally perfect. My kids have fallen all over it, and he has licked them, and he's played with them. He kind of thinks that they're a chew toy and has nibbled on them just because he's teething. 
So it really is a fantastic dog. Yeah, that dog's going to be really smart. Amy, yeah. tell us about uh, Max's presentations on Monday night. I've gone to the last two. As you know, I've missed most of your presentations over the I last know. year. And Max, I, as a matter of fact, you've missed most of our Monday night training. Well, there's football on. I mean, I I agree with you. I totally understand. Being a football fan, got priorities, man. I got it. I get but it. But Max uh, is teaching a writing course. He's incredibly qualified. I wouldn't miss a second of it, either that or your Wednesday thing. And I know Fern feels the same way. She's kind of your school teacher on Wednesday to walk people through stuff. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Yes. So tonight on our six step series that we have graciously hosted for Max Regan to come in and just help you in any part of the writing process, any journey that you're on, whether you have 30 series or whatever, it's always good to kind of keep crafting your craft and make it better each time. So tonight we are talking about narration. See, ours are just hard for me. Narration versus scene work tonight. And it's going to be exciting. I have learned a whole lot. As all of you guys know, listening and watching, I am the only one on here that has not written a book. I live through authors. I don't think I will ever dabble in it unless I produce an audiobook myself. Um, but tonight is going to be narration and scene work, which I think is really important, especially if you just have a spark of an idea and you really want to evolve it or anything like that. Or if you have a specific scene that you're working on and you're struggling to do, like I know Fern has her battle scene that she's been struggling to do. So I know she's really looking forward to tonight. So that is tonight at 7 p.m. Central. If you're interested in coming, let me know. I will send you the link. You are more than welcome to join us. But that will be week three. Yes, week three of our step six step six step series. Yes. It's a it's a Monday, you guys, and words are hard today. I don't know about anybody else, <laughs> but words are hard for me today. It's just it's a process. It's a process. But with all that being said, I'm going to kick it on over and we're going to get Wendy talking about her as an author and all the books that she's written and her latest book. So, Sandy, take it away. Wendy, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you, Sandy. I'm glad. I always love it. So, Fern, I'm, I'm the fill-in, so I'm the substitute. Um, uh, Fern had another engagement she had to be attending this morning, but I love it because I think on the days that Fern has something else that I get to fill in, we've had the most exciting authors. And I am so excited, Wendy, to be able to talk to you, um, especially uh, after I looked over your, your books and I've looked over your website and all of your stuff. But your new book, we're going to talk about your newest book right now, and then we'll go back and talk about your other books. You have a whole series of Holly Stone Mysteries. But yours are not just the typical mystery. They add some um, mystique to them, uh, some a little bit of paranormal, a little bit of witchcraft or um, Wicca uh, in the Hollystone series. But in the new one, Lore, I'm getting where I could read the Jesse and Hawk. Tell us a little bit about that book that just came out February 8th. Right. Okay. Well, Jesse and Hawk is, it came from an interesting place. I don't know if you read any of the like pre-story on Jesse and Hawk, but I did. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I actually wrote the bones of the story 30 years ago. So I was, I was in a place where I was uh, 
I was divorcing my ex-husband. I was starting my degree in Indigenous studies, and I wrote it over a few years while I was new in my program in Indigenous studies at Trent University. And so there is there is definitely an, an aura of um, I think it's my my desire for freedom and adventure is is in there. Um, uh, definitely, you know, I fell in love with Hawk, obviously, and just like she does. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also an awful lot of um, Indigenous spirituality in there because of who Hawk is. And that was from what I was doing at the time. And um, yeah, it's just a kind of an interesting story in that way. So it is, it's set on, the, on a Chippewa reservation in Minnesota. And, uh, and I was studying with Anishinaabe people. So I was fairly familiar with that culture, not super in like, not one of the people that are part of the Medeowin Lodge, but for sure I was I was learning from them. And uh, so that was a big piece of it. So it's about two people that that are trying to they're, they're trying to get over some loss and tragedy in their life. And so they both end up on on the Chippewa Reservation. And Jesse's a, a wildlife photographer and a vegan, and she's living in a cabin. Um, with no technology and, and no power and, and everything. And, and Hawk is, is took it a step further that he is, he's way out in the bush and he's living in a cave and he's been there for three years. And so they're both, they're both trying to get through some. And he's a doctor, right? He is a doctor. He's kind of a, he, he's a guilty doctor. He, he, oh. feels, he feels very guilty for, for what happened to his partner. So he's lost, he lost his partner during childbirth and then her parents swooped in and took his child. So he's, ah. he, he is devastated. Um, he's feeling like he shouldn't have another relationship because he just ruins things. Like he's got a lot of that, that stuff going on. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to read this. Yeah. That sounds yeah. awesome. So it takes place in the Lure River, the title of the book is Lure, and that's yeah. that's the series, right, Lure? Yes. So you're going to have more than one book about... I think so. Okay. Well, you know, series means more than one. So. I know. So, so you know, I'm an intuitive writer, so I don't plan it out. So I don't sit down like J.K. Rowling and say, there's going to be seven books, and this is what they are. Um, but I also, once I, once I go through a process of creating a town... So I created Lua River. I had a lot of fun doing that. I had some of my newsletter, my newsletter folks helped me out with that. And they gave me names of businesses and, and uh, character names and, and different things. And even little character write-ups. So that was really cool to, to invite people into that. Well, I don't know who came up with this tagline or a quote that you have. Romantic suspense with small town grit. That would be me. That, me. that sounds like something you just can't wait to read. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's gritty for sure. It is. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are a couple of other characters in there that, um, you know, I, I'll call them the, like the creepy, the creepy guys that hang around ugly girls. And um, you know, they 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 start out as as kind of being uh, um, just just maybe a little bit antagonistic and creepy, but. They actually, there's a lot of character development with them, and and they turned into some really favorite characters uh, of mine. So, so I wrote this book 30 years ago, and and then I and I wrapped it in brown paper, 
because I was doing a whole bunch of other things like raising kids and going to university and <laughs> moving across the country and starting a new career. I became a teacher, like a whole lot of life happened. And then I wrote a whole, the whole other series. And then a couple of years ago, I was uh, doing a Marie Kondo thing where I was moving and I pulled out this novel wrapped in brown paper and said, oh my gosh, maybe I should read that. And, and I did, and I thought, oh, it's a romance. That's interesting. And um, so I was said, this book, was this the book you wrote? This is Lure. This is Lure. Lure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it wasn't called Lure then. Um, and I, and I pulled it out and started, I read it and then I started working on it. And um, Wendy, mm -hmm. what did you have to, how did you have to update it? What were some of the things you had right. to update? Okay. So I kept the bones of the story. I kept the characters for the most part. So uh, the names of the characters I kept. Um, a lot of a lot of things changed, though. I think my writing has changed for sure. And and uh, one thing that happened that didn't happen in the original is is just before um, just before Jesse goes off on her horse uh, alone in the bush to find Hawk to tell him a friend of his is dying. She's left the, the, the doors open to her shed and she has this horse in the shed. So it had been a really bad storm and she brought the horse in the shed to overnight with her by the wood stove. And uh, when she goes out in the morning, something's been digging around in there and she discovers like this hand, um, the bones of this, yeah, skeletal hand coming up in, in the shed. So she's of course, immediately, she, she's a journalist. She immediately gets out, starts taking pictures and then goes and gets the tribal police and 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 it and turns out that and I'm not really giving this away because it's on the back cover. Um, this is a, a missing indigenous girl who's 15 wow. and has been has been missing for 20 years. And so while while the police are working through um, this uh, mystery of figuring out who this is and everything, Jesse has gone off to find Hawk to tell him about his friend who's dying and she gets into all her own stuff. So it's um it's romantic suspense in that there is the 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 core of a romance, but then there's a lot of other stuff going on with with um, missing and murdered indigenous women, with um, inhumane animal trapping, um, throwing stuff into rivers. Uh, she gets quite injured during this, and and Hawk has a chance to really show his mountain man skills as as well as his doctoring skills. So it, there, there's a lot of levels to it. Mm -hmm. It sounds awesome. I'm very excited about, about getting it today. I'm going to go get it since we're done here, awesome. and I can't wait to read it. So you have it right now in the print version and the um, um, e-book, but do you, you have any plans for putting it into an audio book or anything? You know, that I mean, that's a good question. I may. I haven't gone into the audio books yet. Uh, but you know things things are changing so fast in the book industry, and you kind of have to have an audio book. Well, because so. I've never been an audio book person, I've always been. E I e am. E you are okay because I, I I love books and I love holding them. But traveling with a lot of books, they become very heavy. So I moved quickly into the ebook world. You know, um, I think that like sixty percent of current book sales are audio books, though, Wendy. I know. I, I think so, that's very true, Wendy. You know, really, my, I have a book coming out in October. I guarantee you, it's going to be an audio. In fact, I'm going to audio all of my books. 
for the October release. But I got to tell you, it's it's very burdensome to do it. See, who who was that, Amy, that you that's, said? That's Leroy. Oh, that's Leroy? Yeah, Facebook yeah. user. I have it on, I have my screen split, so I have it over here. Um, but I will say, just as someone that used to live in Houston and as a commuter, right, my husband listened to eBooks all the time to and from UH because he lived like 30 minutes from there. Um, so he would listen to audiobooks all the time. But I know what is becoming more and more popular, Wendy, I don't know if you want to take a stab at it, is doing audiobooks yourself. And it's become less expensive and you can get just as good quality as long as you kind of know how to set up the room and, and things like that. And so, because I know that that was a, a hindrance, right, for a lot of authors is audiobooks are expensive. If you get someone yes. professional to do it and if they want like part of your royalties or if they want, yeah. you know, so many, you know, I'll read so many words or pages and then, you know, that's more money. You've already invested a lot of money to get your book published, right? So it's like, yeah, well, absolutely. what do I need to do right and then you have to invest in marketing right so then it's yes. just like i'm not made of money i this is the time when people say money grows on trees we really wish it was true because i wish i could just go in the backyard of all my trees and just pick my money and be like yes i got everything i could yeah. ever need but it just doesn't happen it doesn't so work that way um yeah. one of the things though i i have found that and I, like i said i never have been uh, an audiobook or never listening and I just wasn't my thing but I've started walking again and um and I've not you know I'm I'm old I'm 78 so I can't run or do a lot of you know but I can walk and so I've been walking more and more and I've found that that's a perfect thing to do is to listen to the book listen to a book and I really get into it so I'm like okay I can't stop yet I want to get to a place where I can. Um, so I am really, in, really getting into audiobooks now for the first time. And so I do, especially a book that's got this suspense and adventure and romance. And you're just like, oh my God, you just really get into the books. You definitely want people to be able to read them while they're, as Amy said, while they're in the car, going back and forth to work when they have a long distance to drive mm -hmm. or when they're walking or exercising or something. So no, for sure. Those are great points. And I used to, you know, I was an English teacher for many years in high school. And, and one of my things was reading aloud to the kids. So, I mean, I'd be really good. I'd have my like, my that novel and I could, I could walk around the classroom and still, you know, read the whole book in voices. <laughs> they love yeah. that, you know. You know, I believe that. Wendy, yeah. I think that you have a great voice, especially oh, for you. the type of book you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think you have a great accent for a general audience and the reason I say that is because I don't and I I don't have a good voice for an audiobook and I don't have a good accent for an audiobook so I'm very jealous of you and I really think that you probably could do a great job of your well, own. Well thank you. Now I don't consider myself having an accent. Do we all do we all That's feel the that? point. <laughs> I think yeah. you, I think your voice does sound great. I think Thank you have you. just the perfect accent, which is like almost not one that's identified in any particular place. So I think perfect Canadian accent. It would be perfect. So hey. um, tell us a little bit about Wendy, though. I mean, here we've talked about your book, your newest book, um, and I do want to talk a, a minute about your 
previous well go ahead and let's do that what about your previous books the whole series right okay well the holly stone mysteries are they're actually a whole lot a whole lot of fun and and they're pretty irreverent and they're pretty sexy and edgy okay and um they they revolve around um this wick coven who solved murders i started writing them mm, in the mid 2000s when I was teaching high school and I was super stressed out and I would come home on the weekends and, and evenings and holidays, cause I'm an introvert, so I don't really do social. And, uh, and I would go in my room and I would, and I would write these, these, um, these mystery novels and th they really took off. And, you know, people I think fell in love with Estrada who is, is the main character. So it, it ends up that he, 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 he ends up at the end, I realized after four books, it's really about him going through his personal problems, trying to figure out what he wants in life because he wants his freedom and he wants his family. And um, he is a, I will say he is, is a bisexual, um, free-spirited stage magician who works at a club, <laughs> in, a downtown golf club in Vancouver and, and gets into a lot of trouble. Because he, you know, he's just, he falls in love a lot. So, so that's in there. That's such a great description. I love that. <laughs> I know it is. That makes me want to read it right there. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, what kind of char character? You can always come up with something with that character. Yeah, and he talks to me all the time. And 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 basically, what happens is I see things in dreams, and and I see visuals, and and I hear conversations. So when I'm walking, I'm listening to characters talking to me. Right. So that that's kind of what happens there. But in the first so in the first book, To Charm a Killer, he ends up going to Ireland, which is one of my favorite places to help. Uh, I can a young tell, girl. definitely tell that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He goes there to try and save the young girl from a serial killer that he's he's kind of become enmeshed with this guy. Um, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Anyway, and to sleep with stones, he ends up in Scotland, um, helping another guy from the coven. They're trying to solve a murder mystery there because his friend has been put in jail and they have to figure out who the real killer is. And then it, while he's in Scotland, his lover, Michael Stryker, who you might enjoy this guy too. He, he is a guy that, that thinks he's the reincarnation of Lord Byron. And he, he also go, he's the manager of the goth club and he also plays, he plays vampire. So he's a, he's one of those guys that goes around wearing, you know, contacts and, and the fangs and this black cape and, and getting into a lot of trouble and spiking <laughs> people's drinks. And, and uh, anyways, Michael gets upset because Estrada's gone off and left him and, and starts hanging around this young French model who, who gets him into trouble with a real vampire. So I actually um, do a whole piece on, on, on vampires. And in the third book, the, the vampire gets mad and steals Estrada's baby. So they all end up on a yacht going up the west coast of BC to get this baby back. And there's a lot of tension because a whole bunch of his lovers are on the boat. It sounds crazy, I know, but this is kind of just the, you know what happens. Yeah, I think that's, I think it sounds fun. <laughs> it is fun. In the last, in the last one, they they time travel to um, 200 BC Ireland to save an archaeologist friend of theirs, and it's based on a real life bog body. So it's, oh, wow. Um, wow. I did a whole lot of research for that one. Yeah. So well, that's that kind of all sounds like a great, great thing to watch, to read. I uh, sort of say watch because I was thinking, wow, that would make a great 
um, series on Netflix. <laughs> uh, please, please do. Somebody please do that because uh, that's how I see them. And um, and so I think I'm able, my, my job basically as a writer is to take all these visions I have and then to, to actually write them down on paper and get the right words and and so, yeah, um, it does come out very cinematic. And well, and some say. some of the things you were saying about Ireland and everything, we we have some people that are friends of ours that are really into Outlander. Oh and yeah, so I'm like, oh, this sounds like it could be just as good as Outlander. <laughs> so yes, let's fun. say that. Let's say that. Um, uh, someone wrote in a review um, that the second one was True Blood meets Outlander. So, <laughs> kind of oh, by the way, that's a review that you should use to publicize. Your Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. That's a good review. It gets, yeah. has color in it. Yeah. Uh, what kind, let me ask you a question about your coven writing in these, in these books. What type of research did you need to do for that? Um, I did a little bit of research, but I mean, um, Wicca is a pretty, pretty strong stuff here. And I've been involved in a lot of different uh, spiritual practices. So some of that was research. Some of it was me just saying to them, how do you guys operate? And so what their thing is that they do a lot of live rituals in a woods close to where I used to live and um, where they actually do meet in a circle and, and they do a lot of theatrics. And a lot of that is because Estrada is a stage magician and he is a performer. So he likes to dress up and they, they call down the gods and um, they do rituals, they're, they're, but they're also revering nature and they want to save the planet. So a lot of their stuff is nature-based and, and they have that pagan thing happening. So it's, um, yeah, it's good like that. But I so did you, have you gone to some of their uh, circles so you could know it? No, but I've done a lot of solitary things. And then when you kind of, you know, you already have that background of how, how spellcasting works and how how uh, how to do ritual. I mean, ritual is a really great thing. And I I grew up in the Anglican Church where there was a lot of ritual, so I think um, I'm familiar with that. And yeah, I actually uh, a friend of mine whose whose husband is a bishop in the Anglican Church. He he came to one of my readings and um, and I and I asked him, you know, I'm like, what do you, what do you think? Because I was a little bit nervous about. That. He's like, no, he's like, I really, I really, uh, I really see the, the, the parallels between what's happening, you know, because I think Wicca, it kind of took the kind of took the church and, and turned it on its head. But they used a lot of the same same kind of thing, like they have ritual wine and they have food and and uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they call on the gods and the gods come down. So and the, and the gods actually make an appearance in these books, too. So I bring in the uh, the Celtic gods, and we get to meet them, which is fun. Yeah. Well, Wendy, one of the things, so um, love your books, love the whole series and all of that. So let's talk a little bit more about you again now. And um, you love to review books. You have yes. that on your website that you're a book reviewer. So tell us how that works and how did you how did you start doing that? Yeah, well, I guess uh, I've been doing that maybe for about four I think maybe four years now. And, um, and I had written, uh, I had written a, a review about Kelly Armstrong's new Rockton series, which is, she's a Canadian author. And I really love, I really loved her book. And uh, my sister, who's a reviewer said, you know, why don't you send it to the Ottawa review of books? And uh, cause she had sent some stuff there too. And 
I'm like, okay. So I sent it and, and he said, yeah, uh, this is great. Can you send me some more? So I ended up, ba I basically have been re reviewing for them for about four years. I, I okay, like what, what did you say the name of that company is again? The it's Ottawa, Ottawa Re the Ottawa Review of Books.com. And, um, and it's Canadian authors and Canadian literature. And, and I really love that because I get to, to really uh, find really great Canadian authors. You know, I've had people say to me, oh, there are no great Canadian authors. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> because, of course, there are, you know, and uh, yeah. So that's how kind of I got into that. And now you do, you actually review books from you on your website. You talk about people sending you their books for review as well. Is that right? Or that's um, still usually the ones on my website are often ones that I either they're they're either ones for the Ottawa Review of Books or they are ones that books that I just read because I like them. Oh, and okay. so then okay. I review them. Yeah. But I don't have like a paid thing going on where I. No, no, not a paid thing, but yeah. I wasn't thinking about a paid thing, but uh, but you don't necessarily want everybody that's watching this podcast to send you their book for review either. So No, no. And, and if, you know, if I'm not really like knocked out with a book, I never do bad reviews. So if I don't really connect with a book or the characters or, or something, then, you know, I won't do it either. Wendy, that's very interesting. And I'm not saying I disagree with you because I absolutely don't. But why don't you do bad reviews? Because as a writer, I know what that is like. And, and I know how much, you know, how much people put into writing. It, it's, it's such a, a thankless job, really. I mean, you know, you put so many hours and so many hours into, into doing this. And then for somebody to kind of pick up your book and say, oh, this, you know, I'm going to give this like two stars because it doesn't, like, I just would not do that to anybody. I think that's bad karma. You know? Yeah, I do too. If I can't give you a good review, I'm just silent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. Yeah, and also, you know, I'd hope that people would do that for me. You know, if 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 it's, if I'd rather, I'd rather no review than an eh review or a bad review. So, but, but you know, on the other hand, so my sister is an avid reader. I mean, reads just constantly. And she told me, I wish somebody would do bad reviews or negative reviews because it would save me from reading a book if it just mm -hmm. wasn't that great. So if you have yeah. any thoughts on that, or I mean, because I, I do see that. I see that as a reader, I wish somebody would say, oh, that book's not that great. Yeah, I agree with Wendy, though. The comment yeah, is too. just too strong. Too. And she's right, too, about, no, understanding the work that writers put in it, it's just too hard. I still remember, uh, Wendy, do you remember any of your, did you, have you ever had a bad review? No, not really. I actually had, uh, on my first book, I had a bad review. I, I have a lot of five stars, four and a half stars. I had one, one star. And okay. the lady wrote, she couldn't finish the book because there were so many curse words. I was oh, like, I had a killer that cursed. What am I supposed to do? Uh, you know what? I totally get that. Yes, because my books have a lot of profanity in them. Because look who I'm writing about, and yeah. and particularly my um, my Irish archaeologist. She's a really feisty lady. Um, she's and 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 yeah, she <laughs> she swears a lot. 
Um, I did have someone once say to me they they were offended because of one of the words I used, which I won't mention here, but it's a word that we don't use so much here, but in Europe they use it quite often. And 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 it was a it was a Scottish person that was using the I word. I actually and, know the word. And then, my yes. Irish and my Irish person that was using the word and um, and she said she was super offended by it, that she loved my work, but she was super offended by me using that word. So I did actually remove that word because I thought, okay, you know what? That's all right. Cause a lot of my audience is here. And so, you know, I will. Listen so they would that. misunderstand what you were communicating. Exactly. It's like avoiding confusion almost when you rework something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't change his language because he that was a part of the character's voice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had to keep it. No, and I and I agree with that too. And and I have kept like I've kept a lot of um it's actually really funny because when my Irish archaeologist ends up in 200 BC Ireland, she's with druids, okay? This is like prehistoric Ireland. And she's running around there using her Irish version of the F word. It, because that's just how she rolls. And the fellow that she meets there, who is the Irish king, ends up using that word as well. Because, <laughs> because he thinks it's like some kind of powerful magic. And I'm like, yeah, it is actually. Because, you know, with that word, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's just the right word to use. My and, wife uh, thinks it's a powerful word of anti-husband. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun that way um, to do that. But yeah, I couldn't take that away from her because that is her, part of her character. And if you you know you know people in Ireland, which I do, that's that's how they how they talk. So, you know, you're torturing me by saying uh, how familiar you are with Ireland. That's one of the places I haven't visited yet, and I hate it. It you must have been there many times. I have been there three times and uh, yeah, where, where I went, I went in 2005, um, quick story, you know, I had my daughter with me and we went, we went, drove around for a month actually. Um, and I just fell in love with Ireland. It was fantastic. And then we were back at the Dublin airport, um, ready to get on a plane and, uh, the next morning and she says, you know, mom, I think I'm going to stay here. <laughs> so I said, what? And she says, "Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a train back to Galway because I really like Galway, and I'm gonna stay here for a while." And so I ended up having to get on the plane and go home without her. And we're super tight, and that was like the most the hardest year of my life because she ended up staying for over a year and working on Shop Street. So the next year I went back again because I needed to see her, and we did some more touring around. And then in 2017 I went back and did all the research for this, for the prehistoric Irish book. Wendy, this has been amazing just to get to know you. And I've been, while you guys were talking, I was kind of perusing the last couple of pages on your website. And I just wanted to say that if anybody wants it to know you a little more, the website is great. And I love the media features place because it has a link to multiple interviews that you've done. So I can't wait till there's a link to our interview of you on your website. That's too, that's too amazing. I love that. So, mm -hmm. but there's also, I, I, I encourage everybody to go to the website 
read the author bio. There are so many cool things about you that we don't even have time to talk about. But I love, uh, there were so many things I did identify with and I loved reading about them and um, all the things you do with tarot cards and your spiritualism and your mysticism and all of that. It's just like an amazing um, person to read about. So I really encourage all of our audience to go find out more about you, but go buy the book now. The new book is Lure. And tell me the rest of the name. I'm not at the on the website where it is right now. But I remember the name of the little town was Lure. Lure. And the, the people are Jesse and Hawk. Jesse and Hawk. And Hawk is the doctor, injured, um, not physically, but maybe mentally, emotionally. Um, and Jesse is um, a young vegan photographer. And um, so find out about their adventure. And this is the first possibly the first of a series. So what are your thoughts on the rest of the series? Where would you go with the, with more books on the two of them? I probably will stick with the same kind of romantic suspense, but I'll, I'll focus on another couple. And I mean, there's oh, another lot of, couple. Okay. yeah. So I even had thought about, you know, lure Jesse and Hawk and then the lure, the next one might be lure Sam and Amy, like that kind of a series, perhaps I'll see how that goes. But there, it was just so much fun creating that town. And I've introduced several characters already that I can play off of. I love it when people create these towns. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have a friend that's, that writes horror and her town is Willoughby. And I mean, I'm just like, can imagine all the things that go on there in Willoughby. So, so yeah, now we'll think about Lure and what all would go on in this little town on the Lure River. So that was that sounds awesome. So it's been great to talk to you, um, Amy. I don't know how much time I'm supposed to let you guys have before I'm when I'm done, so I can go on talking to Wendy, or I can hand it back over to you guys. No, Sandy, you are you are good. But I will say, Wendy, this has been a fantastic conversation. I am just jealous that you have been to Ireland. I just feel like that's like the most beautiful place, and I'm dying to go at some point. So. I'm just jealous that you haven't gone just once, but three times. Mm-hmm. But I think your book sounds amazing. And just all of the other writing endeavors that you've done are fascinating for me. I feel like we could do a whole hour long segment because I have some questions for you, like how long did it take you to write and all of these things. So we'll definitely have to have you back. And if you decide to make Laura a series, Laura, then I recommend if you do like Sam and Amy, you know, you could spell it my way if you want to, instead of A-M-Y, just, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there because I love my name and the way that it is spelled. Russell, you don't have to agree with me, but closing comments, questions, or anything like that. Russell, I'm gonna kick it to you first. Uh, I would like Wendy to tell our listeners how they can find her book if they would like to buy it. And that's my last question. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I'm actually, uh, I did an exclusive with uh, Amazon this time around uh, with KDP. So it is on Kindle Unlimited if you're into ebooks and you're there. And in, and it's also on Amazon. And you kind of have to put Lure Hawkin, H-A-W-K-I-N, because otherwise you're going to get a lot of fishing lures. You know, this is, this is what, and that's part of what the name is, because, you know, this part of the world is fisherman hunter paradise. It's it's mid mid Minnesota and and that's there. 
Um, yeah. So, and then go to my website, bluehavenpress.com. That's, that's, uh, that's where you'll find a lot of more information, including a whole piece around how I, how I wrote it and my connections to it. Well, make sure you let us know when you make audiobooks. I will. Thank you. Because I just purchased the, um, the ebook. And uh, I do love that it's part of Kindle Unlimited. And I, I do have that. I could do that. But I want to like own the book because I can't wait to get the audio version of that and listen to what I've already read. So I think that's awesome. It's been really good, Wendy, to meet you and to talk to you and and have and, you know, find out these interesting things about you and the book and how you write. I just think I love I love it. I love that you're in Canada, the most beautiful place. I love it up there. So it's very nice to meet you. And I look forward to seeing you again. Yes. And Sandy, please do when you read it, message me on Facebook or whatever, however you can find me and let me know what you think, because I, I I'd love to I'd love to uh, to hear your review. OK, I will <laughs> definitely do that. I'll Can I send you a job Wendy, on Facebook? I like that? You got a yes. review out of that. Good. Good work. <laughs> that was good, Wendy. That was good. <laughs> No, it's been it has been a lot of fun, Wendy. And we always hate when our time comes to an end. We always get sad. This is the highlight of our Monday and the highlight of our week and getting to meet new authors like you and get to hear your journey of becoming an author and the inspiration and just everything behind your writing endeavors is what we live for and we love it. So thank you for taking time out of your morning to come and talk to us about your books and the path that you are on. It has meant a lot and we absolutely love it. But you guys, don't forget tonight is week three for Through the Eyes of Authors, the six-step series with Max Regan. You're not going to want to miss it. If you're interested in the link, send me an email, direct message me. I'm everywhere. So just type in my name. I'm sure you will pop up in Google somewhere, okay? Um, Especially with that weird name. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Message me. I will get you the link. I think this is something all writers need at any part of your writing journey. But until next Monday, you guys have a fantastic week and we'll catch you all next Monday. Bye, everyone.